0: What it do, baby? Welcome back to episode two of the Basketball Junkies podcast. It's your host, Sadie K.
1: I'm with my boy Slim H. What up, what up, guys? It's your boy Slim H. I hope you guys are ready for a great podcast today. We got a lot of great topics on hand. But before we do start, I'd like to give a big shout out to everyone that's been following us on Instagram and who listened to the first episode of the podcast. We really do appreciate it. And like I said, we got a great episode today, and you guys are going to really enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I know. We've been getting a lot of great feedback from a lot of people. We really appreciate it. But no, the NBA has been had a busy
1: week, so let's get right into our first segment of the show called the Weekly Wrap-Up. And unfortunately today, i got to start with some sad news from the NBA. Uh, Laker great and NBA great Elgin Baylor passed away at the age of 86. Uh, in my opinion, he's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And a fun fact that I didn't know about him was in the 1962 season, he served in the Army as a reservist and lived on a base during the week, which meant he could only play the majority of his games on the weekend. So during that season... He only played 40 games, but he averaged 38 points, 19 boards, and five assists while serving in the Army. And those are some eye popping numbers.
0: Oh, no, I can't lie. Those are some great numbers. Um, here's a great quote from him as well for all my MJ lovers. It is If you look up the definition of greatness in the dictionary, it will say Michael Jordan. Legends know who the GOAT is. Anyways, here and there, let's get right into it. The Bucks. The Bucks made the first move in the NBA, they got rid of. Torrey Craig, for cash considerations to the Phoenix Suns. Craig appeared in 18 games with the Bucks this season. He's averaging 2.5 points per game, 2.4 rebounds a game, and 11 minutes per game. Look, I was going to hate on him, but then I realized a lot of people know me, and they know I put up triple zeros in 32 minutes, so I can't hate. From there on, they went and received P.J. Tucker and Rodians Kuruks and a 2022 first-round pick from the Rockets. They sent away DJ Augustine and DJ Wilson and a couple picks. PJ Tucker is having one of the worst years since his first year with the Toronto Raptors back in 2006. In 32 games this season, he's averaging 4.3 points per game, lowest since his rookie season. 31% from three, lowest since his rookie season. And 36% from the field. That's his career low. Many people like this trade. So I pose this question to you, my boy. How would you grade this trade for the Bucks, And how would you how much would this increase their chance of winning the
1: East? Well, thanks for the question, Sam. I mean, that's a that's a real good question. Uh, if I had to grade it on a scale, I'd probably give it a B plus for the Bucks. I think it's a it's a good fit and a great get for Milwaukee. Uh, it's a win now move, which is kind of why Giannis resigned in the offseason. He told the front office, that "We got to get some pieces." Started with the Drew Holiday uh, trade, and this is just another get for them. Especially, it's all about the playoffs with them. Especially, it's going to help on the defensive end. The issue with them in the defense in the past couple of years in the playoffs is they've been exposed uh, when Lopez is on the court. He can't really, can't really guard a, a modern pick-and-roll today. Uh, they play an old-style defense where they they sit back and let, let the guard attack because he can't hedge on a pick-and-roll because the pick-and-pop uh, pick will expose him, and he can't switch because he can't stay in front of a fast guard. So I think Tucker is going to be an immense full, uh, improvement there, especially in the playoffs. With him on the court, they'll be able to switch one through five and which is t- ideal in today's NBA. And I think it's going to really bolster the defense, which was already good. And So to get him for especially what they gave up is a great, great, great trade. You mentioned oh, – first, let me say, also at the same time, you need to realize this isn't the P.J. Tucker of years past. He is 36 years old. And if you watch him, he has slowed down a bit. Uh, he's not the LeBron stopper like Raptors fans had asked for when he went to Raptors for that one season. Uh, he's probably not as good as when he was in on the Rockets for his first couple seasons. So he has slowed down, but I still think he's a plus defender and a big, big improvement. Uh, and then you mentioned also his offense. And Peter Tucker has, its never been about his offense. It's just about, all about defense, his switchability, his physicality, his ability to guard one through five. But if you look at his numbers, he's shooting 30% from free, which is pretty low. But if you look at his career numbers, he's shooting 38%. So I do expect those numbers to go up a bit. And all he's going to have to do an offense, sit in the corner, wait for them to double Giannis and hit. Hopefully around thirty eight percent of his trees and they'll be golden uh seventy two percent of his shots uh in his career from the free line are from the corner, so that's basically all you're getting from Peter Tucker. you're not getting top of the key freeze, you're getting the corner he's gonna sit in the corner all game so his expectation is play good defense, switch on defense, guard everyone, be physical, and knock down his open freeze and I think he's proven his career he can do that yeah uh, no, I
0: hope you're right, I hope you're right, no for sure, I hope you're right and the problem with the Bucks is, yes, two years in a row, they've gotten booted out of the playoffs pretty badly. And if this is the only move they make during the trade deadline, it depends on what a whole bunch of other teams do, right? So we'll talk about that later. Um, while the Bucks are looking to make a power move, the Hornets' season is also looking like it might be a dud. The most exciting team, in my opinion, to watch on a nightly basis, minus the Clippers game that just recently happened. It seems like they're hitting an all-time low. Sad news coming out of their camp. LaMelo Ball is looking like his season is over. The superstar rookie is out for the season with a fractured right wrist. My man was averaging 16 points per game, six rebounds, six assists. Actually, in the last 20 games, he's been on a tear, increasing his average to 20 points per game, six and six and shooting 47% from the field, 43% from three. Now, if I'm the Hornets, they haven't made the playoffs in a long time. I still want to make the playoffs, but... Now, some of those trade assets we talked about last episode, you can't really get rid of them. Malik Monk, Rogier, even Graham. You got you kind of need that depth. And like
1: I said last podcast, he's just so fun to watch. Uh, it just sucks his rookie season. He's playing so great, like I said. And yeah, it's tough. They were in the playoff hunt. Uh, I still think they're going to be at least in the play-on games. Obviously, it hurts, but they still got good depth at the guard position. Like you said, Rogier, Graham, Monk, those guys are going to have to step up. I still expect them maybe... Maybe to make a trade, but we'll, we'll talk about it later on. You never know. But also, with his injury, it's going to open up a big debate, which I'm going to get tired of hearing about, uh, is about who's going to win Rookie of the Year. Now kind of opens up the race to Anthony Edwards, who has gained steam a bit. He had uh, a big 40-point game this week, and he's had a couple flashy dunks. Uh, fans are getting a bit more uh, hype about him. Uh, so this is going to open up the, the debate. Everyone's Every post on Reddit and on Twitter is going to be like, oh, who should win this, who should win this? I think it should still be LaMelo. If I, if I ever had the vote, I know he's only going to play 40 games, which is going to be a big question mark. When Anthony Edwards is going to play like 70, he's going to miss 30 games. But at the same time, the numbers he's been putting up, lead the Charlotte to the playoffs like this, uh, you can't argue with that. And Anthony Edwards, while he's been playing, he's going to have to have a pretty strong second half, which he hasn't been picking up the past weeks. But if you look at his numbers, his shooting numbers, they're terrible. And uh, the their record, uh, they're a bottom barrel team unfortunately. So I think that's going to hold him back. Yeah.
0: yeah, Anthony Edwards, the Ant-Man kid is special. I can't even deny it. He baptized my boy, Utawan Tanabe. I saw D'Angelo Russell's tweet, basically putting the sigh emoji, basically claiming Anthony Edwards is now the rookie of the year. To be honest, I found it tasteless, but what else does D'Angelo Russell have going on, bro? They have what, like 10 wins as a team. I know you said that LaMelo Ball should win it still based on winning. But if we rewind back in time, LeBron James won Rookie of the Year in 2003. He was averaging 21, 6, and 6 on 41% shooting. The team went 33 and 46. Carmelo Anthony, the real Melo, averaged 21, 6, and 2 on 43% shooting. And his team went 43 and 39 and made the playoffs. Yet, LeBron still won Rookie of the Year. So, you know, I don't think for Rookie of the Year, it's sort of not like the MVP, right? Where your record matters because you're such a rung- young player. But to be honest, Carmelo was robbed of that Rookie of the Year. But it's no here or there. Ant-Man is going to play 30 more games. People are going to remember him more. He's
1: most likely going to win this award, no problem. Yeah, no, I, it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be close. It's going to be – I'm going to be sick of it at the end of the season. There's everyone debating it. Uh, I got my boy Lamelo. I like him. I've been hiring him, like I said, last episode, since Chino holidays, days. He's legit. Uh, he should be Rookie of the Year, in my opinion. But no, you do bring a good point. It's gonna be it's gonna be close. That's that's for sure. And maybe uh, you never know. Maybe someone sneaks in, uh, has a big second half. Maybe uh, like a Tyrese Halbert. You, you never know. It's probably not, but you never you never know. You never know.
0: Sadly, some more news coming out of the West. Uh, LeBron James, superstar Iron Man, he has a high ankle sprain. They're saying he's out indefinitely. More reports came out today. They're looking at four weeks. Look, I'm not the biggest lebron james fan but i totally think this sucks man uh the lakers anthony davis has missed 19 games this, so far this season according to chris haynes he's not going to be reevaluated for another two weeks for his achilles injury look they currently sit third in the west lebron was having an mvp year carrying this lakers team he was averaging 25 8 and 8 shooting 37 percent from three on six attempts the most ever in his career but with this injury it honestly it opened up the west Right now, teams that didn't think like, oh, they could really compete, they they gotta become buyers, right? They gotta they gotta make a move, they gotta make a push, cause one month out, that's like twenty games. And the difference between the third seed and the eighth seed isn't that much, right? You could see the Lakers in the play-in games, right? So
1: Yeah, no, like you said, it's it's a huge loss for the Lakers and pretty NBA, like if, even if you're a LeBron hater, you, you gotta realize the NBA is much better when LeBron's in the league. And I don't know what's gonna happen when he retires. Like I don't know who's gonna fill the void, but yeah, it's a huge loss for the Lakers. Uh, going on, to act, I want to talk about the actual play a bit. Uh, was that when Solomon Hill injured him? Uh, I saw a lot of, like Montrose Harrell said some little bullshit. You know, like it wasn't a basketball play. Uh, he was just going for the ball. He was diving. Yeah, it's a hustle play. I know it's the NBA. I used to. That's how I made my living in high school. Hustle plays. I got diving for the loose ball, being first on that ground. It's unfortunate, but in my opinion, it's a basketball play. You have any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, no. Um, I was listening to Undisputed as well. Uh Shannon Sharp basically said is it's not a dirty play, but it's an unnecessary play in the second quarter. Right? But you're right, like Solomon Hill, man is averaging 20 minutes per game. It's not that's what he's on the floor. He's to play defense and hustle, make some big plays, right? Would I say it's a yeah, dirty it's a- play? I wouldn't.
1: I wouldn't. But uh going back to the injury, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be huge. Uh, I saw Shams and Woj report today that he'll be at least out for several weeks, might even be closer to a month, four weeks, and with no LeBron and AD, uh, like you said, the West is the West is getting hungry. They got their, their they got their napkins, their forks out. Their teams are going to want to win. They realize without without LeBron and AD, this team is pretty useless. Like they're one of the worst teams. They're pretty bad. They got yeah, clapped
0: like, by the Suns last night, right? Last so. night
1: they got exposed. Like it's tough. They have a you look at their schedule like it's it's tough they got clippers twice mavericks twice jazz twice i think they got the Blazers, raptors twice they got a lot of big games coming up and if lebron 80 are not out to looking like towards the end of the season i could see them like you said slipping to the sixth and the seventh seed the clippers and the nuggets they're all the clippers are a game back and the trailblazers and nuggets are two and a half games back so those teams i expect them to catapult them within the next week or two because I, I don't see the lakers winning much games right now unless we get some big guys to step up i view that as a good experience for some players i know lakers fans they've always been high on kuzma as a kind of like that third piece i'm sorry lakers fans but i don't see him stepping up like that he's having a good season like not 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 exactly stat wise but defensively he's improved but at the end of the day he's just he's just not that guy like he's i don't know on a a really good team maybe a six man not probably not probably seven good seven eight man role player one guy I am very high on is, uh, and a lot of guys are, are Taylor and Horton Tucker. Just, he's kind of like a, they call him like a mini LeBron, kind of the way he plays. He's physical. <laughs> he can pass a bit. He can shoot a bit. You know, he can do a little of everything. He's crafty. And I, I expect him, he had an okay game last night, but I expect uh, Frank Vogel to ramp his minutes up because they're going to need playmaking. Like, they got shorter. That's about it. Like, like they're playing Markeev, Morris, or uh, Markeev or Marcus. I always get them confused, the twins. Markeev, Markeev. Markeev, but. Nah, he's pretty, he's pretty garbage. He got exposed in the playoffs by Butler. Like he's useless. So I expect Horton to get more minutes and they're going to need that playmaking. So I expect him to have a really big second half, especially if LeBron's out for three to four weeks.
0: Yeah, I know. And you know, you bring up some interesting points, right? Like the Lakers in the position they're in right now, teams need to, they need to smell blood, right? And with the trade deadline approaching, honestly, teams need to make some moves. I know for the Lakers, it changes a lot of things, not having, lebron or ad so i don't know if they're gonna still go out and get drummond right so
1: we'll see how it is but no we got to move on to the next segment I, right? I gotta have one more thing one more one more thing no, I go ahead that. do your thing is do your thing. you kind of mentioned yeah i like my lakers and i gotta mention this because we all expect lebron and ad they're gonna be healthy hopefully uh, at the end of the season like, like i said earlier they're probably gonna go six seven seed like the way it's going if they're out for three or four weeks they get that seven seed they're going to playoff game games. Like they there, you don't get a guaranteed spot in the playoffs. So if you're a playing team, imagine you got to face up against the Lakers and seven for a seed. Like that's rough. And then you get they win their playoff. They get in obviously most likely. I mean you got a team like Utah who's been unstoppable this year, and who got first seed like at the home court advantage. I mean you got to run and imagine the Lakers are the seed and you got Utah as number one, and Utah you get Lakers first round. That's rough. That's really no. You know what's crazy? This is like it's
0: all working out. LeBron fans they love to say how he's the goat, and imagine him coming in as the eighth seed and carrying that team to the friggin' NBA Finals. That's gonna be like their go-to story. Oh my God, he beat the Warriors and he got us to the NBA Finals as the eighth seed. Could could Michael Jordan do
1: that? Yeah, would be really juicy. Also, Uh, Clippers second seed, Lakers seventh seed. First round battle for LA. That'd be really juicy. They got all the Clippers fans around. But yeah, no, uh, that'd be interesting. It's just a, it's a little interesting thing to know. I also want to say, it seems like every year LeBron, it's always kind of happens at the end. I don't know, for some reason, second half of the season, they start playing, a, they start off usually pretty strong. I and mean, then everyone, oh yeah, LeBron's the greatest. And then second half, cause there's always an issue somewhere during the season. I and mean, then everyone's like, oh, is this a year? LeBron kind of fails. Someone gets injured. Just this a year? Is this a year? Me, I'm not too worried. They're going to be healthy. Come play out time. No one's going to ma- match up with them, and they're going to win the chip. Oh, my goodness gracious, but man. We, hard, a, we, other, we don't have a topic. We don't have enough time to go
0: on with this because I hate LeBron. I could talk about him all day, but, you know, I don't get paid to talk about him. So uh, we got to move on to our next segment, right? We got the trade deadline approaching. Many players have been talked about. Reports have been coming out numerously about players like Lowry, Powell. LaMarcus Aldridge basically already said he wants out. Aaron Gordon asked for a trade. Vucevic is on the market. Lonzo Ball. People called me out, man. Lonzo Ball is ball. But before Thursday, who do you see making a trade? Who are your buyers? Who are your sellers?
1: Let it go. Let it go. Let it fly. Yeah, first off, I got to say, trade deadline. Best part of the season. I love it. Whenever whenever Thursday comes, it's just the best. I'm on my phone all day. Just refreshing. F5 and, you know, i read write an NBA. <laughs> waiting for woes, waiting for Shams, waiting for Chris Haines, you know, all the big guys. So, I, I love the trade deadline. Uh, we could talk about this. We could talk about all the, every day is a new, every minute it seems like there's a new rumor. This team's in, this guy's on the market. So, like, we could literally talk about this for five hours. We won't bore you that long, listeners. Uh, but I'll give you some of my, my top teams, I think, the buyers and sellers. I think the number one team that's going to dictate the whole market is the Orlando Magic. Uh, they're in a really rough spot right now. that are up for sale, according to all the rumors, and I think they should be a huge sellers. They got to rebuild kind of around Jonathan Isaac, uh, Marco Fultz If they can both come uh, become healthy next season, they're gonna have a top draft pick in this really, really, really uh, deep draft. Top five draft is supposed to be top five. Would be all superstars. So I really think they gotta be big sellers on this market. Get some more pieces, and when you have a big, big, young future core. Uh, the number one target right now, and the most uh, obvious name right now, is Aaron Gordon. Uh, some news came out today that he's demanded the trade, so it's looking most likely that he want he's going to get traded. Uh, rumor beforehand was that uh, they had a deal last week with Houston on the table uh, for two first round picks, which would have been, uh, I think, a pretty good haul uh, for Gordon. But apparently, he doesn't want to play at all for a uh, rebuilding team. He only wants to go to the contender whether the magic Graham, that wish is to be determined but i think he's a big get i know uh some of the rumors teams like him are boston that's what, that's what my main target right now is boston i think they could really use him as another wing defender uh and a small ball five which is something they have been lacking this season
0: yeah i know uh i saw i saw the reports they said uh, the warriors were also an option as well i don't know if he'd be that much of an improvement over wiggins or Ubre, maybe Ubre. Ubre has been having a rough season. I can't lie, even though he was a breakout player co- last couple of years. I really like Gordon, athletic athletic player. He's averaging fourteen points per game this year, but we'll see how it goes, man. It's the Orlando Magic? They are stacked at the forward position. They got him, Isaac, Vucevic, Kemba. You he went to MT. Gotta give him some love.
1: Yeah, another guy. Like I said, they have a lot of pieces to trade. Uh, another guy is Evan Fournier. Averaging, he's having a pretty good, solid season this year. He was injured for a bit, but he's averaging seven, seventeen points a game. He's on expiring contract. That's big, so he'll be a free agent next year. Apparently, I saw on a tweet that they're looking for a first round draft pick for him or a young prospect. So not the biggest, not the biggest haul to get him. And I think he can provide teams with a secondary, third scoring option off the bench and secondary ball handling, which is some teams need. I'm hearing from Jake Fisher, Bleacher Report, that the the Mavs are going on the hardest after him. And they need a secondary ball handler off the bench. Someone obviously doesn't help him. Def- He's not a very good defensive player. That's an issue with the Mavs. They're not very good defensively. But hey, when you when you can drop 140 points a game, uh, who needs defense, right? I also know also Boston, they're another team that could be going after him. Yeah, that's what I think the Mavs, I, I, I'm pretty sure the Mavs are going to go after him. That's my, that's my yeah. big uh, gap for them. Yeah, I know. Speaking of
0: Boston, I've been hearing LaMarcus Aldridge for years now going to Boston. Who would the Celtics give up in order to get Boston? Are they going to just wait till he gets into the buyout market if the Spurs don't get him away? The Celtics, they're struggling right now in the second half of the season, right? So, Yeah, speaking
1: about LaMarcus, I literally just dropped like a half an hour ago from Mark Stein of the New York Times. He says if LaMarcus Aldridge doesn't get traded, which it seems most likely, that the Miami Heat are the leading front runners to get LaMarcus Aldridge. So that'd be a pretty good get for them. A little size, a little rebounding. I think he'd be a great off the bench. and. I think that'd be a good get for them. But going back to Orlando, so I mentioned Gordon, I mentioned Fournier. They still got one guy, one big guy, all-star, Nikola Vucevic, who the rumor, the reports are saying that the Magic aren't trading. They aren't trading them at all. They want to keep him. He's on, I think he's got t- two or three more years on his contract. He just turned 30. So he's kind of in his prime. He's having a, a great season. He's been having past couple of years. He's been kind of under, very underrated player. Like I said, the reports people are saying as Magic I aren't willing to trade him unless they get like a huge, huge haul. But if, I like I said, going back to when I first started, this if I'm the Magic, you got to realize now the best time to rebuild. You got Isaac coming back next year. Hopefully, Faults coming back next year. Two young prospects. Like I said, you got a loaded draft. Like one of the best drafts as they're saying like in a long time. Top five is loaded. So you're most likely gonna get if you trade all these guys away, you're gonna tank even more. You're most likely most likely gonna get a, a top five pick. So you're gonna get most like a superstar, hopefully down the road, at one of those draft picks. And then you get you can if you can trade Vučević, you're gonna get at least two or three prospects and at least two or three first round draft picks for him. In my opinion, he's an all star, so he, it's gonna be a big price. But if a team gives you like I just don't see the reason in holding him. I know he does a lot of community work and they like him and he's been a, a good veteran for the team. It's about rebuilding. What are we doing? Are we, are we trying to make the play in every every year like temp seat seed no, 19, no. that we're fighting for? <laughs> That's what they've been doing for the past five or six seasons. So if my opinion and like if I'm looking at Boston, a team like Boston, if they can go after Vucevic, uh give him someone like they have a big trade exception, so they can give uh like Robert Williams, Romero Lankford, Neesmith, and like a few draft picks. If you can get something like that for Vucevic, I'm all in on that. Now's the time to trade him. There's no you're, you're he's gonna slow down eventually in a few years. Yeah. So I, I just don't see the point. I don't know. For the
0: Celtics, they you know, they've been priming picks for years and years. They got this big trade exception, and I believe it expires this year, so they got to use it. And if you're saying Lamarcus's first option right now is Miami, yo, you don't know. Like they might use it on they might use it to get Lamarcus right, even though he's an expiring deal as well. I don't know. The problem is with Vucevic. There's this conception when players put up numbers on big te- on poor teams. That they're good players, but sometimes they're putting up those numbers because they're on a bad team. But you know, Celtics they do need. They have Tice and they have Thompson down low. He will help, but when he goes against the Nets or the Bucks, I don't know how much help he's gonna be, right? So
1: here now there. First, or there. Off, first off I like I gotta go back on that statement. Like what are you, are you trying to say? You're trying to say Vucevic is not good? <laughs> what are you trying to say? I buddy? Think... He's been dominating for a long time.
0: Okay. But if you remember, like in the playoffs, he's been shut down. He hasn't had great playoff series. So that's what I'm saying. Like when you're on a poor team, a la Zach Levine, and you have the ability to score as much as you want, your numbers are going to be inflated. So I don't think he's overrated. I don't think he's underrated. I think he's properly rated. No one speaks about him because he he's just
1: that, right? Yeah, I'm a bit higher on him than you, but uh, I think he'd be a big get for any team. And like I said, the Magic, uh, I'd be... Big fires I know Gordon; he's definitely Andre Fourney, but definitely Vucevic. That's another story to be seen. Another team that I mentioned that I think should be big buyers are the Boston Celtics. You never know when your opportunity ends. Your window, your window to contend. You never know; it could end today. A big injury doesn't work out. You have Tatum, you have Brown in your primes, almost superstars. Star at least Tatum might. Some of them might say he's a superstar. Brown, he's having a career year. They're playing amazing basketball. The team's been struggling. Like, you gotta maximize your window. You never know. You don't know how long they're gonna be here. You don't know. Injuries. Now it's time to win. Especially with the East. LeBron's gone. It's open. Like there's there's no really true dominant team. Obviously, Philly's been the number one team, but like come play time. I think the Celtics. I think the the Bucks, the Heat, all those teams can contend. I'm the Celtics. I think you gotta swim through defenses. Like I mentioned before, trying to get Vucevic or Aaron Gordon would be a E- easy choice. Another guy I'm thinking of, I've been hearing about, is Harrison Barnes in the Sacramento Kings. Kind of bashed him last last episode, but I was looking at his numbers and he's having a career year and he's playing a really, really solid ball. And they're looking kind of for like a wing defender who can kind of play the four, maybe even a, some small ball five. think he'd be a good get. But yeah, uh, anything else on that? First of all, first of all, I feel offended. You didn't even mention the Nets at all
0: in your list. This guy said there's no dominant team in the East. The Nets are the most dominant team in the East. When playoff time uh, comes around,
1: they I are. Will, I, will going... admit, I will admit completely forgot about the Nets. And yeah, they're they're very dominant. But they do have some issues. Uh Kyrie's low like a nutcase. As Durant is like sub-tweeting no, 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 no. sub-tweet Steve Kerr right now. They got issues. I don't believe in them. Pause, in the pause, pause. The I am taking away your basketball
0: card. Stephen A. does this all the time to Max Kellerman. Your basketball card has been revoked, my guy. Like, yo, this is this is crazy, bro. As if I started a pot. Oh my! But anyways, Chris Haynes also reported in an article that Norman Powell of the Toronto Raptors will be traded by the deadline. It's inevitable. He is having a career year: twenty points per game, fifty percent from the field, forty-five percent from three. Look, solid addition to any contender. But the Raptors currently on a 7-8 game losing streak. During the losing streak, he increases points per game to 30 while shooting 58%. That's, that's crazy. Those are crazy numbers. 30 points per game on 58. That's like a big man. That's like Shaquille O'Neal basically getting 30 points per game shooting two-pointers. But, you know, his outburst came at the worst time. The Raptors are having a down year. We lost to the Pistons. God, that was sad but you know what we've been waiting on for years from Norman Powell seems to be coming at the worst time right so him and Lowry look like to be our trade biggest trade assets but every report coming out for Lowry basically says the Raptors aren't going to trade him so I think we can get at least re- trade Powell for some picks I know the Heat were on there the Sixers some teams out west as well we're looking to get pick up Powell for some secondary scoring right
1: yeah no he'd be a good good get like you said he's shooting in the ball very well uh, secondary scorer, and I know Ma- Mavericks, another team they're at looking at Fournier. Powell would be a good get for them, I think, also. Just off the bench, a plus defender, better defender than uh, Fournier. Not the same uh, ball handler, but uh, good scorer. But yeah, no, I definitely think they're trading Powell. He's pretty much on an expiring contract. He's got a player option next year for, I think, nine or 10 million bucks. But I was reading, Zach Lowe says he can probably get uh, 20 million on the market. So he's most likely going to decline it. So it's basically just an expiring contract. So I definitely think like the Lauer- Raptors, they should like Raptors aren't going to resign him. He's not really. I don't think he's a part of the future. So try to see what they can get. Maybe a, a young prospect or a draft pick. Like I said, keep on saying a loaded draft this year. But I think Lowry is a big piece. I think he's getting traded. Like uh, I think it's a no-brainer. Like I said last podcast. If you don't trade him, I don't know what you're doing. Sorry, Raptors fans.
0: It's, I don't guess- know. Look, look, look. I'm telling you right now. I think it was Mark Stein also reported. There's. They just won't trade him. I want to trade him. I think he deserves near the end of his career to go play for some contenders. Give himself another shot at a ring, but it's the face of the franchise. It will be the first statue ever built, the first jersey ever retired, and I think Masai realizes this season is lost. The East is stronger than it's probably ever been, and coming in as an eighth seed, getting knocked out—I don't know if it's worth it. It's no point. So
1: yeah, I saw it today. Uh, I read it. I think a reporter asked Lowry about Thursday what his thoughts are. Apparently, it's his birthday, and all he, all he cares about is his birthday. He said he's turning 30 years old this year. It's <laughs> a good joke, but I think I don't know. I understand he's been there forever, and he's got a statue, blah blah blah, all the mementos and stuff, and nostalgia. But I don't know. Like it's a business. We gotta we gotta realize in the business, of winning. Holden Lowry this season just i don't know it doesn't make sense raptors fans are not gonna i don't know like not gonna, they shouldn't get angry at the raptors for trading them they got to realize it's a business and they can get back i'm hearing the heat are really hard on lowry right now like they they want him badly to team up with his buddy jimmy butler i'm hearing like they, they might be going to go but tyler hero like if i'm i'm taking that trade or uh Duncan robinson also if they can get Duncan robinson and a couple of draft picks for lowry or tyler hero and a draft pick i think that's a that's an easy option. I'm also, uh, like I mentioned last podcast, Philly also hard on him, hometown, uh, where he went to Villanova also. Like, i uh, would be a great fit for them. For Lowry, yeah. Uh, no brainer. No brainer. Cool. Fible, no brainer.
0: No, no brainer. No brainer. No arguments here, man. Like, if we can get some honest,
1: young pieces for us to rebuild, no brainer. Yeah, man. Another team I mentioned last podcast were the Clippers. They're still hard on Lowry, but uh, I just don't see. They don't have assets. They got nothing. Nothing good to get. I mean, Their they best got Lou asset. Williams. Lou Williams. I think he's expiring or one contract, uh, one season left on his contract. But apparently, he's on. He's gonna retire. He said, "I don't know if he's serious, but if he goes, if he gets traded, he's gonna retire." So, no,
0: you can't do much well, with that. And it, his deal is only eight million dollars a year, right? You're talking about Lowry's. What he's over thirty million dollars a year right now. I don't know how, and the Clippers, they're hard capped right now, right? I think they only have a million dollars that they could use. So I don't know how they would even make that trade work. You would need a third team
1: to make that trade work. Yeah. And first, let me just say, you mentioned hard cap, a whole lot of stuff. I just got to say like, the CBA has yeah, one of the most confusing things ever. Trying to figure out all these trade and the r- trade rules and trade words like a player exception, like the Gordon South has got a twenty-eight million player exception from Gordon Hayward. All I gotta say is super confusing. Interesting stuff to read. I'm doing my best to get better, but right now, yeah, it's very very confusing. I don't know about you, if you feel the same way. Ah or- uh,
0: man, I can't let them. I can't let the listeners know if I don't know what I'm talking about. Come on
1: now. Um no, we know what we're talking about. It's just. The, the extreme nuances there. they they get confused even for the best. Some podcasts yeah, I listen to, like Nate Duncan, dunked on podcast, really really brainiac on the cab. Even him, sometimes he gets he gets confused. It's, it's really
0: <laughs> yeah. know. I think one other player
1: that's gathered a lot of attention, and we talked
0: about him earlier, is Lonzo Ball. He has been rumored Knicks, Atlanta. Where else did I see him? The Clippers could use him, but. I don't know like I know he declined they didn't come to an agreement the Pelicans and him uh, this offseason and the way he's playing this year 14 points per game 39 percent from three on eight attempts eight attempts his shooting form has improved his assists are down from previous years he is playing a lot more off ball because Zion is there but I do think if a contender was willing to get him they will that it'll be a huge upgrade. Like the Clippers, they don't have a point guard right now in the fourth quarter that can run any offense in any way. Patrick Beverly's been injured with the knee injuries. Reggie Jackson is just ass. Looks like Bobby Shmurda, but I'm not hating. So where would I want him to go if I were him? I would probably say the best fit for him would be Golden State. I think for the Pelicans, they could get a solid wing defender in Kelly Oubre. And for the Warriors, it'd be easier to play with Clay and Steph and Draymond. Plus, to be honest, if they can make Draymond disposable
1: and help get some better pieces, that would also improve the Warriors. Yeah, no, he's uh, was definitely an interesting trade piece. He's still only 23. It feels like he's been in the league for a long year, but he's only 23 still. And like he mentioned a couple of times, he's putting up really good numbers, uh, shooting the free ball very good, almost eight shots a game. Heard from some, some of the stuff I've been reading, I've heard there's interest from uh, the Knicks. That's, that'd be a good guy for them. Uh, Thibodeau would love him for his defense. Uh, he'd be all over him. Uh, the Bulls also, they're looking for someone kind of to pair up with Zach Levine. And the Hawks, interestingly enough. But also, I've been reading, some, like, some people are wondering, like some fans have been wondering, like, well, why would they even trade Lonzo? He's only 23. He can fit with Zion and Ingram. And that, that's kind of the question the Pelicans that's looming. Is Weber that big free of Lonzo, Brendan Ingram, and uh, zion Williamson him is that enough is that second is that turn the needle is that a championship team in the future that's the big question because especially he's a restricted free agent this year uh he's gonna get a max most likely a max offer sheet some teams gonna throw money at him are they gonna match it you want to put all your money in that big free? that's that's a million dollar question personally that's the that's the 80 million
0: dollar question to be honest yeah personally
1: i think that's uh, tough Cause I, I don't think uh, so. I, was, I was really high on the Pelicans this year. I just I think don't think it works. I don't know. I just don't think that they're, they're poorly built in other places. Yeah, I don't think that works.
0: I think Zion, he should be playing the five and then when they run small ball, right? And they need more shooters, but Ingram also is ball dominant. Lonzo has been playing off the ball. Don't get me wrong, but I do think he's most effective making plays with the ball, right? Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah,
1: no, definitely. No, no, you're, you're good, especially when he has the ball. Uh, he makes plays, just like uh, Lamella. That's what the family does. They make plays. Uh, so they're much better with the ball in their hands. Point for trading them. Uh, they also have two young prospect guards who are kind of not doing much right now. Uh, they got the kill Alexander Walker, Canadian show Canada. He's young. He's proven before. He had a big game against the Clippers a few months back when a couple guys were injured. I think he dropped like 36 or 38 on the Clippers, which is impressive as they're one of the top defensive teams in the NBA. Uh, so they got him off the bench. He's not getting much minutes behind Lonzo, behind Bledsoe. And then they got another guy who I'm sure not many of the listeners are going to know, another guy named Kyra Lewis from Alabama, the first-year draft pick this year, number 13 pick. He's pretty good. I've watched him a bit. Uh, I'm pretty high on him. I think he could be a – I know a lot of guys, the insiders are pretty high on him as a future point guard for the Pelicans. So you look at that, you got two young guards who need minutes, who need to get better, and you got Lonzo. That's a question. Is Lonzo that, that guy who's going to lead your team to the championship? I don't know. So if I'm now, I'm probably, I'm trying to trade him probably at deadline and see what I can get back. Maybe get a draft pick, a couple draft picks for Lonzo and a young prospect. Yeah, know. or no. even more, maybe, maybe like a, a player, an impact player right now. Maybe you feel like doesn't have to be a young prospect. Maybe you feel like Zion Ingram already and you need better any, presence, like, stretch big men or a dominant, better ball handler, something like that.
0: No, I, th- I, th- we talked about it last podcast as well, right? I said, a young team like that needs a veteran presence that knows how to win. J.J. Redick is not that veteran presence that they need. Steven Adams is not the veteran presence that they need. So if they can turn Lonzo into a experienced vet, I think that would help that team settle down, become maybe even, I don't know if Stan Van Gundy is the coach for them as well, right? But we'll see, we'll see. We got to move on to the next segment. And it's about the hottest team in the NBA, the Atlanta Hawks. Under coach Nate McMillan, they are on an eight-game winning streak. They moved from ninth place to fifth place. During this win streak, they are only allowing 99.5 points per game. In the NBA, that's changed so much, and the pace has increased so much. That is a crazy stat. The best defensive rating right now in the NBA is 104.5. Surprisingly, that's the New York Knicks. Shout out, Tibbs. And what the craziest stat is, is you would think... With this winning streak going on, Trey Young's numbers must be insane. But I was comparing them. In the last eight games, his points per game has dropped from 25 to 22. Uh, He's taking less shots per game as well, from 17 to 15. Bogdanovich came back from his injuries. He had, after missing 30 games, he had a solid game where he dropped 26 points. Then you got John Collins, who's been rumored in trade, a whole bunch of trades. He's playing well. Clint Capella, 14 and 14 points per game. You have Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, Second year is not panning out to what you think he would be. He's like a he's built like Paul George, but he's pandemic P all year long. Are they a playoff team? Do they need to make a trade? I don't know. They play the Clippers. So I could be wrong when this podcast comes out and they could get exposed as just a regular team. They put, they're on an eight-game western road trip. They play the Warriors, Kings, Nuggets, Suns, Spurs.
1: I don't know. Do you think that they are a real deal? They're a real deal and they weren't as bad like under uh Lloyd, uh, Lloyd Pierce. They were playing bad ball. They weren't that bad of a team. So obviously, I expected them to, to improve a bit under McMillan. Like this, uh, this defense, like you said, uh, they can't keep it up like this. Especially with Trey Young. I don't even know how to play in good defense with Trey Young, I guess. Uh, the guy that's Manil. a out there on defense. Salmon Hill, yo. Salmon Hill <laughs> diving little for pilot, the ball. <laughs> so, like, it, it's very impressive. Yeah, Exactly. Are they the real, can they make a playoff push? No, definitely not. Like I'm not being a pessimist it's it's a truth they'll make they'll probably make the playoffs Uh, they'll be seven six seed probably can they make that can they beat those top four teams nets sixers bucks heats even celtics top five uh no like they'll they'll lose four one might even get swept by those teams but they do have a bright future are you crazy hold on hold on hold on hold on
0: you don't Hmm. think if they were matched with the heat four and five you don't think that would be a good series The whole streak started with them beating the Heat. And the Heat are on their own good streak as well, right? The three ball has changed the game. They are loaded with shooters. Danilo Gallinari is also a player on that team. He is injury prone, but he's having a decent year. 13 points per game. They have a lot of floor stretchers. They have one big man who is just a pick and roll guy, Clint Capella. Uh, they're playing good defense i think nate mcmillan was a, is a very underrated coach and i'm glad he's having a chance to coach again i think if they play the heat they could make they could they could they're a surprise team I, I i don't think you should say it's a sweep i think they could make a push into the second round and challenge any team to be honest the three ball is it's a dangerous it's a dangerous game and even when they beat the raptors on that buzzer beater by tony snell I was watching and their ball movement is impeccable. And I think that's why during this eight game winning streak, Trey Young is taking less shots. His assist numbers are still the same, nine assists a game, but more people are getting involved. The ball is going in. They're swinging the ball like crazy. Trey Young is, is explosive off the dribble. I think this team can cause a
1: lot of teams problems.
0: I would not want to see them in the first round of the playoffs.
1: Oh, don't worry, listeners. I'm still here. I'm just left speechless, speechless by this take from you, Simon. Like, yo, are you serious about Naked Melon? Also known as first round exit, Nathan Melon. Like, the guy's in nothing as a coach, just a mediocre coach. He's not going anywhere. This team's not going anywhere, like, in my opinion. Like, they're young. They got talent. They got Kevin Herder. I'm not very high on Kevin Herder. Like, you watch this guy one bit. The guy can't handle a lick of pressure. This guy is not a point guard. All he is is a shooter. He's Maybe a secondary ball hand That's what they're hoping for. But I watched the guy get pressed a couple games, and this guy's turning his back. He's I don't know. He just doesn't really look like an NBA player. You got Trey Young, awesome, awesome. Just basically a secondhand Steph Curry, uh, poor man Steph Curry. Like he's all right, but like I said, he's a pile on defense. Oh wow. uh, it's not very high on his team. Reddish. I'm not high on you know, the Gallinari signing. Like yeah, just doesn't make much sense, bro. Uh,
0: bro the only guy bro, I'm high
1: on is John Collins, but. Ah, who knows what they're going to do with him, whether they're going to trade him. I'd build, I'd build it with him and Trey, but that's up for debate.
0: Yo, someone get their mans. Someone get their mans. The amount of disrespect you're spewing out of your mouth right now, bro. You're acting like Frank Vogel is an amazing coach. Is he an amazing coach, or does he just have a transgenerational superstar? That will once. Actually,
1: I can rebuttal that because I did some research on Frank Global, uh, my Lakers, and every year he's coaching the NBA. He's had a top 10 defense every single year, top 10 rate defense. So this guy knows what he's doing on defense. Don't don't, don't come in bashing Frank Obviously, he's got a good team. But when this guy was in, in Indiana, he was putting up good defenses. I almost beat the Heat a couple of times. Like, that, that man can coach. Nathan Mellon, that's another story. Like, come on. First round exit. Like, just a mediocre coach. Okay, yo, yo, yo it's not slim age today.
0: It's in today, huh? No remorse for me at all. I don't know. Yeah, the I think the NBA ending of the season is going to be great. These last thirty games are going to be filled with drama. Thursday is going to be filled with drama. We're going to be glued to our phones. I'm excited. I can't wait. I, I, I got one more point. I got one more
1: point. I, I, <laughs> oh, well, I knew it. I knew it. You couldn't let it be. Like you actually think. They they can get a game or two on the Nets, on the Sixers, on the Bucks, on the Heat. NBA final champion, uh, not champion, but team finalist last year, Miami Heat.
0: A hundred percent.
1: I think it, Lowry. Like, come on, man. Like,
0: I think if they play the Heat, they could beat them. I think the Heat are. I don't know why you keep smart. Like, come on, man. The Heat are vulnerable. Look, they're a great team. What they did last year, I think the Raptors were perfectly set up to beat them, but here and there there. But I think the Hawks, they have a solid core. And I think with under Nate McMillan, they're playing smart basketball. They're using the strengths of each player to their advantage. That's why I think it's going to be very difficult for them to get rid of John Collins right now. The only way I would get rid of John Collins is if I could get a solid 3 and D player. That's the only thing. I would do, but who out there is gonna who out there is gonna gonna push them over the edge? We'll have to see. We'll have to wait till Thursday. But I think you're being disrespectful. I will say you did slap me in the mouth right there with that Frank Bogle comment. I did not expect that. But I come, you know, I come with the heat. I come with the stats. And you, win also, some,
1: like, you, like, you win some, you lose some. You win some, you lose some. They're not beating the Heat. They're not touching the Bucks. They're not Nets Sixers. It's a sweep. It's a wrap.
0: I don't know. Coming right, from right, the guy who right. didn't even include the Nets earlier, so yeah, it is I'll give you what it that. is. I'll give you that one.
1: I'll give you that It one. is what
0: it is. It is what it is. But let's go into the last segment of the podcast, the one we look forward to for the next week, the games we are watching. Hayden, Slim H, Slayden, what are you watching for the next week?
1: Yeah, I was looking at the schedule. There's not, not too many games stand out. It's kind of a little bit of a bland week. But I do one game did stand out, which would be they're playing a doubleheader Wednesday night and Friday night. Uh, we got Celtics visiting the Bucks in Milwaukee. Uh, I chose the Friday night game at seven thirty, mainly because we got two teams here. They have playoff history. They're battling for position in their conferences, in their conference. Uh, like I said, they got playoff history. And also the main main reason I'm picking this game is I think by Friday, I think the Celtics team. I'm hoping they, they got. Like I said, they got sprinkler for defenses. Now's the time to win. Now's the time to make a move. We got Tatum. We got Browns. Almost superstars. Time, time to win now. So I'm expecting the team to look different. I'm expecting some. I'm expecting a big trade. I'm hoping my, my boy Vucevic is in the South Jersey. Unlikely from what I'm hearing, but at least Aaron Gordon. Uh, so I'm expecting some new faces wherever they play Friday night. It's a big turnaround, quick turnaround. But hey, you never know. I've seen stranger. Uh, what game are you looking at? I got the Heat versus Suns Tuesday, eight p.m. So basically
0: the day we release this podcast, both teams are healthy, they're making a push for higher seeds in the playoffs. You know, the Sixers are vulnerable right now without Embiid, so we'll see how much they fall and how high the Heat can rise. I got Pelicans versus Celtics as well. Any game with Zion is worth to watch in my opinion. Plus you're right, after the trade deadline, I don't know what the Pelicans will look like. I don't know what the Celtics will look like, but I think I think it'll be a good game. I don't really I don't really think in your opinion the celtics will make a big move they haven't made big moves in a long time so we'll see how it is but yeah thank you all for tuning into the basketball junkies podcast the week of he- ahead is going to be filled with nba news to keep up follow us on ig the basketball junkies podcast uh this is your man Sadie k and i'm with my boy slim h signing off stay safe y'all peace